0: Hi, today we're going to talk to so Gina, Russen, my uh, interview with Gina, co-worker, the fire alarm at off. About, and we had to walk down uh, 29 her flights of stairs she's all been. the way down. To the line. Uh, Gina, can you introduce Later yourself and tell I us a little bit about what you do to today? My interview with and what your high-level here job is. description is, and kind of what what drives you on a day-to-day basis today. What excites sure, you?
1: Sure, sure, Trip. Um, so, Gina Russin, I am a manager, of Salesforce administration here at Zillow. My day-to-day activities really revolve around implementing new features and functionality on Salesforce. Uh, I have uh, admins as well as QA that report up to me.
0: What um, is a Salesforce admin? Can you describe that a little sure. bit? Sure.
1: So Salesforce is an application um, that's used mostly for uh, consumer uh, relationship management. So kind of like tracking your customers, who they are, the sales process around them. But it also is an application we can use to track service-related cases. So maybe if you were to complain about um, something, an issue that you had with a company, you might find that your particular complaint is in Salesforce and someone's like tracking the progress of that particular complaint um and closing it out there. So it's an application where we okay. keep track of customer information. Cool. And as an administrator, we're basically making sure that Salesforce is working as intended. Um we're, you know, okay. kind of like day to day kind of making sure that it's up and running. But then also almost like a
0: someone else maybe monitoring a server and making sure it, it's healthy. You kinda of monitor Salesforce and make sure it's healthy. Exactly. And I think sometimes I've asked you for permissions like, hey I yeah. need access to this and this yeah. and and you figure out whether I can or cannot have permission. <laughs> or you
1: should or how to implement those yeah. permissions or what's the best approach. So yeah, things are changing a lot. Obviously people change roles, you know, new features and functionality need to change to kind of really, uh, mimic what the business needs. And so we're kind of in there on the day to day, just kind of making those changes and then also making sure that's running smoothly. Great, great.
0: What, what drives you day to day? Like what, what excites you to come in in the morning?
1: Yes, um, I aside love- from seeing me. <laughs> that's, so, that's it, Tripp. That's it. Trip. That's it. <laughs> um, but aside from that, um, I love a puzzle. Like, I love mm. the challenge. Mm, okay. Um, and Salesforce has all sorts of ways to do things and you can approach it in different, mm. different, um, different ways to kind of address a particular problem. But there's just different ways to think about it, right? Different business challenges to come across. Um, different ways to approach things and I just like love to dig in kind of learn what that new new functionality exists and how to kind of mold it if you will into something that is just really amazing for our customers which is uh, for us the customers an internal customer but I don't know I, I like at the end of the day being able to kind of meet someone's needs or make their job a little bit easier so that to me like that's the best part of the job
0: that's that's great how do you know if you have m- Multiple ways to do something to accomplish the same end goal. Mm-hmm. How do you go about deciding process A or B or C? What informs you? How did you learn to make those decisions?
1: Yeah. And what? A lot of it is experience in in all honesty, but some of it is training too. Um, But it has a lot to do with the requirements. Is this like a long-term goal that you have or just something that you're going to be using Mm. for three months and then you're going to be throwing it away? I might recommend an approach that maybe isn't the greatest, but also is like really easy to disseminate when like, you know, we're ready to kind of get rid of it. Okay. So you want to think about performance. You want to think about how long it's going to take to build. Um, mm. You know, those types of things kind of go into. Do so you
0: really look at the re- requirements yeah. of Definitely. why you're trying to get to that end goal. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So it's very similar to writing custom code or any other type of process. There's tons of, tons of ways to solve the problem. There is. What's the quickest, smartest,
1: yeah, sim- cheapest. Simple is always nice. Yeah, so you, yeah, you kind of like take all that into account. And then cool. obviously with Salesforce, I think what's a little bit different is we have a lot of limitations, a lot of restrictions mm. that you might not necessarily get when you're doing that custom code. I think like the universe is yours, but with Salesforce, there's all sorts of limitations because it is a cloud application. Mm. So that's mm-hmm. kind of something that we're always trying to like kind of jiggle a little bit to kind of like get it to fit okay. exactly the way that we need.
0: Does Salesforce have tech debt like custom code does? And obviously, I'm not talking about like if we're working in Salesforce and writing the Salesforce code. Our instance and our usage of it, is there that concept of tech debt? And maybe not exactly the same, but at least conceptually.
1: Yeah, so I think Salesforce themselves is always coming up with new features and functionality, and a lot of times we Mm. have built like our own Simplified version of that, and then they'll build something on that actually like replaces it and does an even better job mm, than what mm. we built. So there does tend to be like this tech debt that runs up that you're you're building things that now has been replaced with something you know okay. better or improved or faster or whatnot. So, so you're constantly definitely-
0: balancing between a request I may come in with with yeah, but we have cleanup to do over here because of additions or new changes to salesforce what's a
1: really great solution today could be just horrible Mm. in two years just because there's something new that's out there that you could take advantage of it and you know you don't need you know everything that you've like built out before so it's constantly evolving uh, yes yes absolutely
0: cool so it's always new challenges.
1: Yes, yes. They Good. have three okay. releases every year, so you have yep. to keep up on, on what's coming out, and honestly, it gets harder and harder to keep up because they just expand their base yeah. of like functionality that you can do. So um, definitely, if you want to kind of carve your niche in marketing, right, you could get certified and be like this expert in marketing. There's sales cloud, there's service cloud, there's field mm. services. I mean, there's just all sorts of like different avenues you can go, and, and it's nice It's nice knowing that there's always, like, something you can learn for sure.
0: That's cool. Now on to how did you get there? So what is, Mm -hmm. where did you start your career? Or what I've been asking, what's your origin story? Yeah. Starting roughly in college, like... You left high school, presumably. Yes. And went to college. <laughs> yes, not everyone. Not go everyone go college, does. Okay. What did you study? And can it kind of progress me through that?
1: Yeah, so a very jagged path, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. So I started college up at Western Washington. Oh, good. Cool. Um, and my original major was was math, computer science.
0: Oh, so you did go in for computer science-y stuff. Yes.
1: Yes, okay. Yes. Um, this was a long time ago, so we were like learning on Pascal and yeah. it's 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 uh it's been a while, it dates me a little bit. And I was on this path to graduate in three years, but I was also working like twenty hours mm-hmm. and like right before I was about to graduate, I just like burned myself out completely mm. and took a break from college entirely. Oh left, okay. Moved back in with my parents mm. <laughs> and was doing retail for a little while, was I while well, I was trying to figure out like what was a good path for me uh, I didn't last very long there I definitely was like this is not like uh, how I want to live my life and I went back to the U at that point my parents live closer to Seattle so okay um, I ended up at the U and math and data is always something that's like come really easy to me but my grades weren't good enough to get into the like the computer science field at the University of Washington okay. but I knew I needed a degree cause mm-hmm. I knew like every job out there like required a degree so, honestly, I picked statistics because that was just the easiest path. Like, all my credits from the math ma- uh, mathematics yeah. just kind of came into play, and I just wanted that degree. It's not something I have, like, a deep passion for, to be honest with you, but again like I was just driven to get that degree Mm -hmm, mm because I wanted to be to do more with my my life than just like work retail Mm -hmm. so so yeah so I ended up uh, graduating from West or uh, University of Washington with statistics major and I was working retail at the same time and I just happened to get a job kind of doing the administrative assistant position there and then I was HR and then moved over to downtown here I was like a staffing analyst So just kind of moving around the Bon Marche. The
0: the same organization? Yeah. And it was at the Bond? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. Okay. Enjoying this
1: very much. And then right at right when I was a staffing analyst, um, my boyfriend at the time, like, actually agreed to move. And this was like a huge kind of dream of mine when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I felt like I needed to move to kind of get away from family, to get away from friends, to get away from connections, kind and just make a wings. life of my own. Yeah. And he was willing to move to Hawaii, so that was the only oh. place he was like willing to go. So not a bad place to go. <laughs> yeah. So I went to Hawaii, honestly, and my career def- definitely like took a hit on that one because mm. it was Hawaii. Uh, moved back, got like temporary jobs, and moved around a bit. And um, when I had broke up with with my boyfriend at the time one of my college roommates that I was actually in computer science classes with he was an IP lawyer at this mm. time so he had graduated and gone on to law school and um, he was wor- uh, living in Denver and he was like it's totally sunny here you should move here mm. you know you can get a job whatever and so I was like okay sold and uh, moved to Denver I kind of took a little bit of a hippie path, took some time off, went to Burning Man, (laughs) did some uh, massage school training, did about six months of traveling overseas and just kind of, kind of was just trying to figure out like, okay, like, like what, what is it all about if you will. But kind of took some time off, came back and I was talking to the same friend, um, the lawyer about this temp job that I happened to be working Mm out just as I returned back from... Um, traveling and talking about oh how they could really improve their their processes and you know and I was like talking just you know we just had this ca- casual conversation and he was just telling me you know what I have a job in my team that I think he would be perfect for it's all about like improving processes mm. and things like that so just this connection you know just uh, really helped me out and I ended up working for him for a while at Trizetto and that's kind of where like my current day career kind of started in my head okay. So yeah, I was working for him uh for a while. And it
0: was that technology related it or was,
1: it was technology actually, adjacent? Yeah, it was technically um as a paralegal in the IT oh, okay. legal department. Um but I was doing a lot of like creating dashboards and uh I was doing actually a lot of like contract reviews for um, okay. for folks for uh, contractors. And I ended up getting laid off, honestly, um, via phone, which is interesting. Oh, yeah. So my boss, who was my friend, and myself, we both got laid off at the same time. Mm. But luckily, during that time I was there, I had worked on a project with the head of HR. It was just a innovation awards ceremony where, you know... Uh, Innovators that got patents and things like that got like celebrated mm-hmm. and things like that. So I happened to know the head of HR, and so when I got laid off, and she was on that phone call with me, she's like, "Gina, we're going to take care of you. We're going to find you, you know, another job. I know you're you're really great at what you do." So um, that's where I ended up in a relatively like sales operations team. Interesting. Yes, and so that's really um, where kind of Salesforce comes into play. Yeah. So I was on a sales operations team, and I built this, like, access database that was taking data from Onyx, which mm-hmm. is where they were keeping their sales um, information, Onyx. and we had Excel databases, and they wanted to see kind of this white space report where it, like, took all the information about are they happy yep. with us, how much, you know, more could they spend with us, what where, where are they in the sales cycle? And I just kind of built this, like, Excel document that just kind of, like, took it all together and they could see visually. And um, as I was doing that, that was right when they were purchasing Salesforce. And so I was very in tune mm. with the different sales processes and the different things like that and was very involved in the implementation of Salesforce.
0: Interesting. And okay. so
1: that is, I mean, it's just, you know, I had no idea that they were even purchasing Salesforce. It just kind of like kind of fell on my lap um, and I really wanted to be a part of of like what they were building, and so when they were done implementing, I like vied for the business um, uh, admin mm-hmm. on that team, and ended up getting it, and just kind of like worked my way up from there. So,
0: so long d- d- were you? Would you consider res- considered yourself a Salesforce admin at that point, or not quite yet, or?
1: I was more kind of on the business side, so okay. not actually necessarily making changes mm-hmm. to Salesforce, but- Designing workflows exactly and Exactly, handing it off. I worked really closely with the IT department at that okay. point um, cool. to kind of get things implemented. Uh, but yeah, I was more on the business side at that point. Okay. Um, and it wasn't until um, I actually transferred jobs. So I was working at Trizetto at that time. I transferred over to Zayo. Um, they're located in Boulder, and that's mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I was like truly in an IT department um, making okay. changes. Yeah,
0: and so that's Salesforce that's right. where you really got into the nuts and bolts.
1: Yeah, although okay. technically on the business side, I was still like literally telling them how to build it out in Salesforce to kind of like, but okay. I didn't actually do the building. But yeah. Oh,
0: okay. So you architected
1: a lot more of it.
0: than yeah. the build yeah. now. Today, do you do more architecture versus build, or some blend thereof?
1: <laughs> it is a, it's a total blend. Okay. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then from from there, did you jump around some more before coming to Zillow? Or
1: no, Trizetto. I was there. Uh, I was there for a total of seven years, but oh, okay. probably three of them um, using Salesforce, and mm-hmm. then two years at Zayo. And I just celebrate my third anniversary tomorrow. At
0: Zillow, so third. Yeah, I thought you'd been here longer than that. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And so, did you start Zillow in Denver, or did you move to C- back to Seattle for no. Zillow? Yeah.
1: So I was in Denver. I started at ZEO when I was in Denver, mm-hmm. but I was actually working remote from home. But oh, they okay. were. Yeah. You know, I was in Denver. They were in Denver. And um, so, when it was time for me to kind of come back for family stuff. I just continued working from home and got their approval to move. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Because you were remote anyway. Yeah, I was remote anyways. Um, Yeah, and then I just kind of missed working with people. (laughs) In in all reality, I was just like, I was at home and spent all day at home and I was just like, I was ready to like be in an office and interact with people. Yes, I have a
0: good friend who I will interview later and his biggest gripe is he doesn't talk to people. Yeah. He's busy all day. Loves what he does, but really misses the office style interactions.
1: Yeah. And I'm a total so. introvert, um, <laughs> but but yeah, to just be home and not have that. I'd I'd love a balance. Like, don't get me wrong. I'd love to be able to work a little bit from home, and then yeah. some at the office. But yeah, yeah, excellent. I miss it.
0: Looking back at your formative years, childhood, mm-hmm. grade school,
1: mm-hmm.
0: was there anything that foretold where you would be, uh, like? Were you a math wonk as a five-year-old doing calculus, or were you not interested in school at all? kind of just curious if there was anything in your childhood that really foreshadowed where you'd be.
1: Um, Math was always my thing. Like, mm-hmm. definitely, like, aced all the the math courses. I still remember, like, my math teacher's names, but I wouldn't be able to tell you the names of teachers also. I mean, it was just, like, my passion. It's something I really okay. liked. And I think probably because I felt like it came naturally, I'm sure that had a lot to do with why. I Like, you know, when you're good at something, I feel like that's what you tend to gravitate totally. towards. Um, that's just natural for anyone. So definitely math. And then both of my parents are in kind of like, or were in the IT area. So I had always well, were. kind of grown okay. up thinking, oh, I'm going to be a computer programmer. Like, I like I can't even remember not wanting to be that, like growing up. So that was always just kind of okay. like, that's what I'm going to do.
0: Well, that's that's yeah. my next question is, was there a family component that guided you? And Absolutely. it sounds like there very clearly Absolutely. was. yeah. Even though you may have bumped off that path for a little while you definitely got back to it yeah Um, so the family did drive you a a, a little bit
1: yes yeah I would say okay yeah
0: Oh, that's very cool what were some of the inflection points that when you had to choose a left or right that made you choose one versus the other you talked about you you got burned out so you pivoted there Mm -hmm. you went into retail yeah. And then you realize, well, retail's great work, fine work, but it's not for you long yes. term. So you pivoted again. yeah. W- what were some of the things that that made it clear to you that you needed to make those changes?
1: I th- well, um, when I was at Western, I completely overbooked myself, right? Mm. And mm-hmm. um, as someone who normally just excels at math and things like that, my grades were suffering, right? Because I just didn't... Yeah. I wasn't able to put the time in. It was in. too much. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, I... You know, I was just starting to, like, fail classes, honestly, at mm-hmm. the very end and was, like, realizing that, you know, and starting to, like, skip classes just because I just didn't have the time, you know, I was just yeah. dragging and things like that. And I don't think at the time I really, like, understood that I was, like, overextended. But, mm. like, looking back, I was like, oh, that, that was silly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, and yeah, I just wasn't feeling successful. I wasn't feeling good about the direction that I was going. And I really had to just think, okay, like, does it make sense to continue if I'm not succeeding Mm -hmm. in that Mm -hmm. particular space? And I don't think I ever had this expectation that I wouldn't go back to college. Okay. Um, So that probably... I don't think, I I just grew up knowing that that's what I would do. My mom Mm -hmm. had got, uh, admittedly, like, my dad hasn't gone to college, but my mom had, and it was just this kind of, like, known expectation that I would, right? They paid for everything. I didn't have to pay for everything. Same in my family. Um, It was just this expectation that that's what you would do. So it, I think, I don't think it ever really crossed my mind that I I wouldn't do it. It It's just trying to figure out, like, what's the right path and getting there. So, yeah, I went back. I did, It didn't take very long. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to live with my parents. That <laughs> definitely was not something that was on my agenda. Um, and, yeah, so that was just I knew I had to get back um, into it. And then, honestly, a lot of it just kind of, like, fell into it. It's, it's not like I necessarily made this specific decision you weren't Although, sitting
0: there going I'm gonna go left or right it was more like hey I went left
1: yeah kind of I thing. would say okay. the only thing is when a decision was like put in front like I did have an interesting situation where I was working at Microsoft um, as a temp for like a year mm-hmm. and then an I uh, IP uh, uh department, ironically, and and that's when my friend had called me up and told me, hey, it's like so sunny here, you mm-hmm. should like try and move out, and and I had just made that decision and not a week later, they'd come to me and said, hey, we actually have like a full-time position open mm. if you'd, you know, be interested in converting, and because I had made that decision in my head that a mm-hmm. week earlier I was going to move, I was like, oh, like no, you know, instead of just like coming back out, so I've always had this thing like, if I make a decision, if I'm like looking for another job and I commit, like to me, like that's a signal that, like I, you know, I need to like follow through yeah. almost. Yeah. Um, so I try not to second guess, kind of like. The once decision, the decision's once been the decisions made, it's been done. Made, yeah, just like follow it. Yeah. So that's definitely something that I've done. Yeah.
0: That's great. Yeah, I know people that second guess decisions and people that don't, and I can understand both. Yeah. But I do tend to err on the... Oh, decision's made. Yes. Let's go forward. Exactly. What would you say is your biggest mistake along your path? And what advice could you, would you give someone about how to avoid that?
1: I mean, if I could go back to that college self that was just doing too much... Mm -hmm. And just kind of say, "Hey, slow down. There's no rush, right? You don't have to." I I would definitely. It's more expensive to
0: burn out than to slow down and take more time. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And and honestly, like, there's this huge kind of like gap, if you will, in my career when it was I was all about traveling. I was just moving different places. Mm -hmm. I was trying. And honestly, I'm so grateful that I did. I mean, I know it wasn't Mm. like from a career perspective, like the greatest, but I feel like. When you're younger, you don't have all those commitments. You can do these things. You can get it out of your system a little bit. You can a
0: little more comfortable staying in a hostel (laughs) at 20 versus 40. Yes,
1: a lot of yes, a lot, and it just it like makes you feel that much better when Mm -hmm. you do settle down. You're like, okay, like. I know what it's like to travel like and when you're traveling you kind of like I wish I was a little bit settled so I don't know I just think sure. I'm so grateful that I was able to do that and I feel like I appreciate like where I am now all the better because I have those experiences um, so that's definitely something that um, I really appreciate
0: yeah yeah I look back on that and would like to have done A similar thing. Yeah, something I don't regret hard, but I do look back and go, Hmm. "That would have that would have been a good time to do it."
1: Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I don't. I didn't need my career to be like my priority. Like Mm -hmm. when I was like eighteen, you know, it's okay to just take a little bit of time to figure out. Totally Yeah.
0: Totally agree. What would you say was your biggest win, and what did you learn from that?
1: My biggest win. Well, uh, career wise, um, when I was at um, Zayo, I actually had a C-I- CIO that just kind of noticed that I was—I wasn't even vying for a manager position, wasn't asking, mm-hmm. wasn't open mm-hmm. necessarily. But I noticed kind of a gap, and someone else was like struggling. Um, uh, are the two admins that we had? We were on completely different teams. And we were just, like, struggling a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And I just, like, saw this gap to kind of take a little bit of a leadership position and start kind of defining processes and and kind of, like, taking this person under my wing. And just just by doing that, just kind of, like, trying to improve the situation, like, all on my own and taking ownership of it, I think people notice that. And in this Mm -hmm. case the CIO noticed that and just was like you should be the manager of this team. So, so that was a huge win I think for yeah. me and has definitely kind of helped me on my career path. Yeah.
0: Excellent. Did your education play a major role in your path? And so kind of sounds like a dumb question based on you were very math sciencey, computer sciencey, but So in the middle of my interview with Gina, the fire alarm went off, and we had to walk down 29 flights of stairs all the way down to the lobby. Later that day, I picked up where we left off to complete my interview with Gina, and here it is. So if you had to do it over again, uh, Gina, would you take the same school path you did, or would you tweak it a little bit? Obviously, you did tweak it in the sense that you started at Western Washington in computer science, and then you finished UW statistics. Mm -hmm. But if, if you were to rethink that, would you go about it any differently?
1: Um, well, as I mentioned, right, I think I would go back and slow down a little bit mm, and not mm-hmm. feel like I needed to rush through the process. Mm-hmm. And I think if I did that, I probably would have stuck with the computer science. Hmm. I would, like I would have just had more opportunity in that space. But I, I don't regret it either. Like I feel like... Whatever path you choose, you learn, you know, lessons along the way, Mm -hmm. and they're lessons you probably wouldn't have learned, you know, had you gone this other route. So I try not to regret so much the path, even though it wasn't like maybe the right path or Mm -hmm. or whatnot, because there were some lessons learned in that.
0: We're the sum of the parts. Exactly. Exactly. Who we are today is who we were amalgamation through exactly. time. Exactly.
1: You yeah. want to be the same person, exactly. Yeah. Sure. Okay, cool.
0: Where do you want to go from here?
1: Like, what, what's next for
0: Gina?
1: <laughs> Just talking about computer science to you, it's kind of funny. Like part of me wants to get back into that. So Ooh, okay. um I I have been interested in kind of moving more on the dev side of Salesforce. Interesting. Um, so doing some
0: Apex code exactly, and whatnot. Exactly,
1: exactly. i just kind okay. of get back to my roots, <laughs> if you will. Interesting. Um, that's definitely an area that I'm interested in.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for your time today. I thank appreciate
1: you. it. Thank you. It was fun.
0: Yeah, sorry for the interruption on the <laughs> Yeah, the no worries. Certainly wasn't dream. your fault. Yeah. Cool. Bye.
1: Thanks.
0: Thanks.